Welcome back to the Represent Podcast. We're here every single Tuesday. It's your boy. Imagine. I like never it's like a YouTube channel, imagine. It's your boy. <laughs> Welcome back to the No, we're back. Um we're just hanging out. I'm here with my friend, new friend actually. Mm-hmm. Brand new um, friend. Someone who is I've learned recently much smarter than me, which is very fun because that makes the episode way more interesting when it's not just me talking about a bunch of random stuff. Lexi, how are you? I'm great. Rocking great. and rolling. Rocking and rolling. Mm-hmm. Lexi is very smart. She has a heart for Jesus and a heart for people, mm-hmm. which makes it really easy to talk to people like that. So, mm-hmm. you know. So you are you're an artist. Yep. You like art. You're going to I school do. for some type of art. I do. What is... um. Just tell us about your artistic mind and just why, why art? Why are you the way you are? Why am I the way I am? Well, it's actually kind of funny because in general, I'm a pretty logical person. I would say I use the like logic, math, science part of my brain mm-hmm. more than the artistic side. That's just my natural bent is to lean logic. I like understanding things. I like knowing how they work. But I was a pretty active child and my mom just wanted to put me somewhere. So she put me in art lessons. So, and I'm also not very coordinated. So like gymnastics, that wasn't cutting it. I couldn't That's climb tough. the rope, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she put me in art lessons and I just started painting and I would go to my friend's mom's kitchen and we would do watercolors for an hour once a week for as long as I can remember. I mean, fourth, four year old through high school. So I learned to have an appreciation for art from this incredible British sweet little lady who taught me how to paint. Hmm. Um, and then I also did that with my siblings. So that was a fun thing too, of just bonding with my siblings and they're older than me and I looked up to them and they were both really good at it. So mm-hmm. I wanted to be good at it too. And then, yeah. then I just started to love it. And then as my faith started to grow, I also loved the stories of God creating something. Mm. So, I mean, obviously Genesis, God creates the whole world. And then another part of my story is that my family goes to Colorado once a year. We go to Estes Park. We fool around in the mountains just beautiful (laughs) oh yeah it's gorgeous and so I would all of these foundations of my childhood okay I'm painting once a week okay my parents are these incredible rocks of the Christian faith and they're just speaking truth into me all the time and then also I'm going to beautiful places and that's something that we valued as a family as well and they would point at the mountains and say you can create all these other things but God created that first Mm -hmm. so for me Part of the way that I get to express that I'm made in the image of God is that he is a creator and I can be a creator as well. And my creation will always imitate his better and more wonderful creation. And it's always going to be just a pale imitation in comparison to what he's made. But I get to just try my best and make something beautiful because he made me in his image. You see, just like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. I think... It's cool because I think some people, they think they think of ministry as something completely separate. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I'm, a, I'm an artist or I'm a songwriter or I'm mm-hmm. something like that. I'm not in ministry. I just do this. It's mm-hmm. like I think there's so many ministries out there that people don't even know of yeah. because they think what they're doing cannot be pleasing to God mm-hmm. or what they're doing cannot bring glory to God. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, I think social media, for example, I love and have a passion for social media and just, like, that aspect of everything. I wanted mm-hmm. to go to college. I started college off doing um, communications with, like, marketing and media and stuff like that. Yeah. And I just think social media is a great way. Ministries use social media, mm-hmm. but I want to use social media as a ministry. Yeah. Hence why we're here, right? Yeah. I think, and we've seen it from just several posts in the past already, like, you kind of get on other people's pages like aren't they aren't Christians and they don't really like it, but it's Mm -hmm. like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. And I think there's people who have desires and have things that they're good at, but they just don't, they don't think of it as, oh, this is not a ministry. It's just something I'm good at. Yeah. But it's like, you can make it a ministry. You can Mm -hmm. use it to glorify God, use it Mm -hmm. to kind of do your thing. Um, So we were talking earlier and you're talking about you being an artist, Mm -hmm. you just loving that, basically what you were talking about. And then you were talking about like your heart for people and your heart for missions. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit how you can use your artistic mind and your skill 
I guess like you were earlier, mm -hmm. and just how you can use that for the gospel. Yeah. So a little bit of background that's important is another piece that was foundational to my family was I'm a pastor's kid. My dad's a pastor. He's, PK. I'm a PK. <laughs> it's another whole thing we can talk about. <laughs> but, I mean, my experience as a pastor's kid was a great one. Mm. And one of the things that my dad did, he's had a whole bunch of different roles at the church since we've been at Grace Bible Church in College Station. But Has he been the pastor there the whole time? As long as I remembered. I mean, really? yeah, he nice. was like... Well, so my grandparents helped start the church. Mm. And then my dad grew up in Bryan. He left for a little while, worked in San Antonio, and then uh, he got his degree at a seminary and then eventually came back to work for Grace when a cool. position opened up. When he started, he was what they called the pastor of the kitchen sink. And yep. then he did worship for a little while. And then for most of what I remember as my childhood, he was the missions pastor. Cool. So... Part of that was obviously strategy for missions, and then part of it was missionary care. So we had missionaries in our home all the time. Mm. I mean, to the point that, like, when you go to the doctor and you, like, are checking different things of, like, have you been in contact with someone from this country? So we you, were always just like, yeah. You were really just kind of raised up learning how to just, like, love people. Yeah. And just, like, take care of them. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we had home church in our home for a long time. We had just people in and out of our door constantly mm -hmm. because of my dad's job. Um, but one of the favorite aspects my favorite aspects of it was the missionaries mm -hmm. so and then a lot of the missionary kids became my friends as well so i would know like oh this family from this country they're coming back to college station for a furlough soon and that means that their kids are coming with them yeah. and i get to play yeah. with them you know but then also like as the youngest kid as a pastor's kid and then just being around adults so much also in a college town mm -hmm. you just learn to communicate with people the older you a lot faster so i was the you know six, seven-year-old who's still at the kitchen table listening to the missionaries talk about what they're doing in other countries. It was just interesting. I was, it was fascinating to me, and I've always had a love for it. For a long time, I thought I wanted to do missions. I wanted to be someone who goes. But with art, like we were just talking about, I think there's this incredible opportunity to be an equipper of missionaries, right? Because if you're, everyone should be a part of mm -hmm. missions. Mm -hmm. Every Christian should have some role in missions. You're either going, or you're sending, or you're equipping. Yeah. So if you're equipping, how can we use art? How can we use animation to make these missionaries, they make their job easier, basically. Mm -hmm. So with animation, what I think is so cool about it is that you can create anything. I mean, the, the technology has advanced to the point where we can, we can do so many different things, even things that aren't realistic. And, you know, there's AI now too, which is a whole nother conversation, but we're starting to incorporate some of that into animation in my classes. And it's insane, the stuff that you mm -hmm. can come up with and you can come up with quickly. So you can make anything and a lot of it too, you can make incredibly compelling and emotional stories without using spoken language. I mean, think about the opening scene of Up, right? Mm -hmm. And it's that whole, it's a song and it's that whole story. We we're just talking about this in a cinema class, but you understand their first, you know, not their first, they're like 60 years of marriage and then everything that happens to that couple and there's no spoken word. Mm -mm. It's all yeah. music and visuals mm -hmm. and it's emotional and you connect with it. And you understand it really easily as well. you immediately well. know why he's a grumpy old man yeah. the rest of the time. It's because, like, oh, mm -hmm. he had a great wife and a great marriage. Mm -hmm. And you don't even know her. Like, yeah. we just see, saw them together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't experience her life as an adult at all. Mm -hmm. And he skips from kid and young man straight to old man. Mm -hmm. Anyways, that's just kind of a side quest. But the point there is you don't have to use language yeah. to tell a story. And that's what I love about animation. I love the way that you can use animation for storytelling in general. But the idea is if you can portray the gospel, the story of Jesus dying on a cross and raising from the dead three days later, and you don't do it with language, then you can take that into countries that have thousands of dialects mm -hmm. where maybe the, the gospel or the New Testament hasn't been translated into their language yet. And then you tell that story with just these visuals you created and suddenly that's been a tool to explain the gospel in a way that is emotional and connects with yeah. them and is visually beautiful and and that gives these missionaries a way to get in with people i mean we were talking too about multiplying discipleship if missionaries can get into a tribe or get into a place with a new dialect maybe it hasn't been translated into their language yet and if they can even find just two people 
who will see that video, understand mm-hmm. the gospel for the first time and connect with it, then those two people can help with the dialect from there. And it, I, we had a lot of people, my, one of my best friends, actually, her parents, they were in Papua New Guinea for a really long time. And their job, the mom would do VBS with the kids and would connect with the moms. And the dad would spend years and years translating just the New Testament into their language. Mm. But they had to get in there and make connections first. So that's kind of what I'm thinking is you get missionaries a way to get in with these people mm-hmm. and a way to make that initial connection. And then that just expedites the rest of the process. So the missionary's not working by themselves. They're working yeah. with locals. So it's just, it's fun too. And then I think about, you can use the 3D gospel as well. So if you make three versions of this video and one is the like poverty and wealth and then one is honor and shame and mm. one is um, fear and freedom. I don't remember what the other word is Different there. stories hit different people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you've got like all over the world in different places. I don't know if any of y'all, if you've read, like there's a book about the 3D gospel, but mm-hmm. it's really good. But different cultures connect with the gospel in different ways. So in America or in really any kind of Western society, we're probably going to connect with the poverty wealth version yeah. of the gospel, right? We yeah. were poor sinners and then like we can't experience freedom or the wealth of heaven or wealth of relationship with God, and then Jesus comes and saves us. But in a lot of Eastern society or tribal societies, they will connect more to fear and freedom or um, shame and honor. So we we were shameful in our sin, and then Christ saved us from that, and now we can like bring honor Mm -hmm. or we can have honor in the sight of the Lord because of Christ's blood covering us, his sacrifice. Or... We were like trapped in the fear of our sin, and now we can experience freedom from that fear. So, like, if yeah. you can tell the the gospel story with focuses on those different elements, so you, maybe you do this animated thing three times, mm-hmm. and then you can take that, so you can be a little bit more strategic in the way that you're sharing where the you story. Yeah, because yeah. you know, maybe in one country they're going to have a different connection. You want to do your best to connect with that person emotionally. So, how can you? shape the story, tell the story. It's still the same story, yeah. but frame it in a way that is going to help them connect with it better. That's awesome. I think that's that's just really smart. You're like finding a way to tailor it to mm-hmm. the people who need to hear it. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I think the whole idea of this show is to represent Christ in our modern and always changing world. Mm-hmm. And I think obviously like the movie industry the music industry, mm-hmm. they've been around since people knew how to talk oh, yeah. and people knew how to be fake, right? Like, they, mm-hmm. it's just been around. Um, and obviously, the majority of these industries is not good. No. Like, not great people, no. not great storylines, not great anything. Yeah. Um, and I think it's cool to see someone, and there's obviously more people out there. There's obviously, like, Christian productions and there's, like, The Chosen and there's great things mm-hmm. going on. Um just people saying, even though this is the culture around me, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be. We were talking about uh, a couple weeks ago being the culture shifter to go mm-hmm. into an environment where it's not the greatest and changing the way things are perceived. Yeah. Like, y'all can do what y'all want, but I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make a message that I'm passionate about mm-hmm. and that's going to help people. Mm-hmm. And you're doing it and you may be working with people who don't believe in what you believe in. You may be working with you know, different things, but it's saying like, this is my calling. And even though the world around me may seem like it's more corrupt or more dark and things like that, I have an outlet to share the light with people. Mm -hmm. So I think even obviously you're talking about doing this for like missions and overseas and trying to reach people with the gospel. You can almost reach people right next to you because they see you working in the midst of a big industry. Yeah. Animation industry is pretty dark too. There's, I mean, if you think, you think Hollywood, cause animation exists within Hollywood mm-hmm. ever that it's centered mostly in LA. That's where all the big studios are. There's some more popping up in Texas. There's only one I know of that's Christian. That's like more of a typical studio. Obviously there's like explicitly Christian studios, mm-hmm. but it's pretty dark. I mean, if you look at the break, like the breakdown of the makeup of my major, there's, out of the people I go to school with, I know three that are Christians. Mm. And it's a major of, it's pretty small, but about 500 people. Mm. 
and there's I'm sure there are some that I don't know as well but I mean even just I just went abroad and I went with 10 people from my major I was the only Christian that that went on that trip and that's pretty representative of what the industry is like Mm. so and my goal obviously is if I get to work on that project right where we use animation to tell the story of the gospel I want to do it well so like the next 10 years for me probably look like working in the secular industry gaining experience because they have they have the best of everything right they're doing it they're doing it well Mm. they're making I mean look at Spider-Verse I mean bro (laughs) come on it's really cool you know (laughs) like they're doing what they're doing really well yeah so and I want to glorify the Lord so I want to make something that's well made it's beautiful that is worthy of portraying such an incredible message Mm -hmm. but that so that next 10 years of my life right if i'm anywhere in that industry is also going to be its own type of missions so like if we talked about earlier right you're always going to be on a mission whether you're sending um equipping or you're actually going well there's also just everyone's personal missions yeah right so for you it's really obvious you work in ministry Mm -hmm. but for anyone who works in the workforce that office then becomes your mission field yeah so for me that's a little bit more scary of a place Mm -hmm. than for others i mean right now we're in the bible belt we're in southeast texas and but even my my college right i mean texas a&m it's pretty you've got you got breakaway on campus there's the christian bubble the christian bubble there's thousands of believers on campus and then even in there you've got visualization in the college of performing arts and there's three christians Mm-hmm. So there's, I think that we lose sight of sometimes the fact that our backyard is a mission field as well. Yeah. There's, so it's dark. And like you're saying, Hollywood is dark. But if I can go in and even just be someone who is just kind to people, there's, it's really competitive too. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of easy ways to stand out within animation just because you act differently mm-hmm. than the rest of them do. It's yeah. kind of like, you know, the Israelites, right? They were set apart with the law. And the pri- a lot of the primary reason for that was that so that they would look different from the other nations. So a lot of what the Lord asks of us now, right, we look different from unbelievers so that they ask us about it. Mm-hmm. Hey, like, why don't you curse? Why yeah. don't you fight to climb the ladder in the same way that everyone else does. Why are you so nice to me? (laughs) Why are you so nice to me? Why do you take time out of your day to go explain something to someone else? Mm -hmm. Like they're struggling over there, maybe on their project. Why do you take time away from what you're working on to go sit with them and talk with them? Or even, so a lot of what I do is production, right? Project management is the lowest level of that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is spreadsheets, communication, and leadership. So I spend half of my time on interpersonal issues, 25% on management, spreadsheets, okay, are we actually on track? And then actually, oh, maybe only 25% on art. So, but half of my time is working with, okay, this person's frustrated with this person. and You gotta make everybody work together. Everyone has to work together and everyone has different, for artists, it's really difficult too, right? Because they all have different ways that they like doing things, they all have different workflows, they all have different speeds of production. So how do I get these seven people that are really, really different to collaborate in a way that is effective for making something beautiful? Yeah. So that's, as a Christian, and I was even, it was cool the other day, I had a conversation with one of my friends, and um, we were talking about this person on our team who's been a little bit difficult, and I said, you know, they've really hurt me, but as a, she's not a Christian. I said, as a Christian, it's my job to be kind even when they've hurt me. Yeah. Because I don't get to just be mean back. And she was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I I told her, I was like, you don't have the same worldview as me. But my worldview says that if they hurt me, I don't swing back. Yeah. I say, okay, you are a human made in the image of God and therefore worthy of a certain level of respect. So that's what I'm going to give you. Yeah. I mean, that's what Jesus did on the cross. Mm -hmm. Like the worst time in history for anything and he was still saying father forgive them mm-hmm. and it's crazy it's you, hard you too like I'll, I'll, i say that but i also spent like two hours crying with my professor the day before so you know it takes a little while to get yeah. there but we still have the opportunity it's to like what would jesus do uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fine <dude. laughs> i'll love them no that's cool um the art of ministry 
the Bible talks about the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Like everybody has to be on board. Everybody mm-hmm. has to be committed and everybody has to be okay with their role. Yeah. Like you said, there's like the bottom of the barrel for like production. Yeah. It's like those people have to be on their mm-hmm. game for everything to work still. Yeah. And people who are pinky toes have mm-hmm. to be okay with being a pinky Like, <laughs> yeah. bro, you just got to be okay with being a pinky toe. Uh-huh. I'm a shoulder. You might be like a wrist. Mm-hmm. Some people might be the biceps, right? Like we're yeah. all, but we all have to function right mm-hmm. for us to be 100% for Christ. Yeah. And if we're not 100% for Christ, then we probably shouldn't be the ones to go out and tell people. Yeah. I tell our kids, it's, you're pouring out the word of God. You're pouring out the gospel and that's good, but you also have to get filled up mm-hmm. because if, if they're just a bunch of empty, tired vessels running around, mm-hmm. we cannot possibly give our 100% to God. Mm-hmm. We see bigger churches and even smaller churches do it, but you really see it with bigger churches and bigger conferences, the productions that they put on. And it's just, 50 computers in the back, lights going off on oh, yeah. cue, 45 guitars on stage. Like, everybody <laughs> has to do something. Yep. We were in um, Miami at a conference, and just I just love seeing even the volunteers, yeah. making sure people can sit, making mm-hmm. sure, hey, you can't sit here. That's for these uh, whatever preferred seating. You, you have to come over here. And then seeing these, like, geeks on the camera and computers, like, they're, yeah. you know, doing their thing. It's like... They had technical difficulties. These people running around figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Then the pastors are over here yeah. talking to just everybody coming together. But all you see is the pastor. Yeah. But everybody plays a role. Mm-hmm. And it's like, can you be okay with not being on the screen? And I, that that's why animation's cool mm-hmm. is because at the end of the day, even the people who are the voice actors of stuff, yeah. well, these kids are like, I don't know who that is. Who's Tom Hanks? Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> at the end of the day, I think that's a really a beautiful way to it's an example of what the gospel is like. Mm-hmm. It's not about you. Yeah. But it's about working hard and making sure you do what you do well mm-hmm. and everybody taking on the role of what they're meant to do and what they're good at to make something beautiful and make yeah. something effective. Don't do it halfway. People said, "Duke, what if we were to start a podcast, what what would be the best way to do it?" And my thing is make sure it sounds good, make sure it looks good. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to know halfway, and it still doesn't look the best. Like we're still trying to figure <laughs> it out, you know. But just make sure it sounds good, make sure it looks good, because at the end of the day, we cut it up, we make clips, we post it online. Mm-hmm. I want people who don't know Christ to see something intriguing right mm-hmm. off the bat, so they're yeah. locked in, and just like understanding culture, yeah, understanding how people work, and then using that to our advantage to say like, here's Jesus. Yeah, that's good stuff. I a lot of where I spent my time the last year was in like for a ministry doing media. So mm. I was on a team of about eighteen, not eighteen. How many of this were? Maybe twelve. Mm. I don't know. Twelve college students, talented in videography, photography, production, and graphic design, serving a ministry in that way. Yeah. And we spent a whole year preparing for retreat in August, but also going to staff retreats and going to meetings and events and stuff so we can take photos of those so we can practice a lot of people who start on that team actually too don't have experience in photography or videography Mm. and their chairs train them spend the entire year training them so that when they get to retreat they're creating something that's excellent right so okay if i'm shooting with a camera am i going to shoot in auto i'm going to shoot in manual do I understand all the complicated stuff about, you know, exposure triangles and things like that? And you say like, okay, well, why does that really matter? It's all about, you know, the gospel and Jesus and everything. But if we're going to post it online on an Instagram that has thousands of followers because everyone in College Station knows us. People our age who nitpick at how good stuff is. Yeah, because we've grown up with it. That's what we talk about all the time. It's it's fun when you get in a room of people that all care about it. But if I'm – so I'm a, I was a graphic designer for that team, right? So I'm, I care about the font. I care about the composition. I care about the color choices. And I care about if the whole page looks cohesive, right? Mm. Because I know that those 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds that we want to sign up for a treat, if they look at our Instagram feed and it looks bad, they care about that. It's like some, like, boo-boo Canva design. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Lordy. You know, Canva, as a graphic designer, I don't hate Canva, but... You can, tell, you can when tell it's when it's bad, thrown, it's bad. It's just yeah. thrown together, you know? Yeah. Canva can be used well, but but it's 
I think for our generation in particular, more and more and more important to use media in a way that glorifies the Lord, not just in what we're saying, but how we're saying it. So I, it's so fun because my friends, we just went to Colorado too with this group of people and I got to watch them in like that place I was just telling you where like mm-hmm. I look at those mountains and I see the Lord. I got to watch them run around with their cameras. It was like 10 college students with all with cameras. I think we doubled the value of the car when we put our all of our gear in it. <laughs> it was funny. But they created these awesome videos and took these ama- amazing photos of this place I love. But they also did that at retreat, right? So mm-hmm. it's two weeks of some pretty grueling hours because you're – taking photos, editing photos, and then doing it all again the next day. And they're also making reels every four days and recap videos every day. So they're shooting video and then editing video until like 5 a.m., 6 a.m. sometimes, and then getting up at 8 a.m. the next day to do it again. Yep. But they do it because they love media. Mm -hmm. They love artistry and craftsmanship. And they also know that they can use those things to not even just share the gospel, but to represent that ministry in a way that draws people in so that we have more freshmen attending a retreat where the gospel will be shared. So I think some ministries, like we really need to keep looking at the way we're utilizing media and leveraging it for Mm -hmm. the Lord. Because if we're not caring about craftsmanship and composition and branding and all of these things i mean obviously there's a point at which you say you don't care anymore yeah it can go too far but we can also do our best do it well yeah do it well and i think we all have gifts Mm -hmm. so why would we waste our gift and not do it well Mm -hmm. it was uh you were talking about having to kind of you have people on the cameras, you have people mm-hmm. recording, you got people taking pictures, and they're like, they have to flip this content quick. Mm-hmm. They have to do a good job mm-hmm. and do it fast. Yep. And they're tired. Oh, yeah. Like, so tired. That's so funny. <laughs> we were, uh, I was with this group of people at this conference, and they were like so confused. Mm-hmm. They were like, how are they doing this? Like, we would have this conference. Like, they're not sleeping. That's we would, how have, we would have this conference like all day, and like an hour after the last session, recap video of everything, oh, including yeah. that last, set, like, mm-hmm. I'm like, they have a lot of people in one big room right now, and they're mm-hmm. just, like, sweating, okay? Oh, and that room is chaos. I'll tell you that, too. It's hey, chaos in there. Ye- they're throwing stuff. They're yelling. They're running back and forth. It's I'm like, it's not beautiful in there, but they made something beautiful. Well, and the t- the, it's fun, too, to be on a team. Yeah. So I, it's like, when it's you like create space for that, it's fun. yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with an animation studio, too. It There's something about creative energy for the creative that's Mm. just a little addicting right yeah you get in a room with people that understand what you're talking about and who care about it in the same way you do and mindset and especially it's even better when they're christians too right Mm -hmm. because then you want to use that to to leverage for the kingdom and it's just electric i mean it's awesome you get i mean even when you're it's 2 a.m and you've been running around in a hot dusty camp all day but you know you're doing something that's going to have a kingdom impact and you're doing something you love there's just nothing better than that. We don't care for a pinky toe. You just can't lose, bro. Like, no. we talked about kind of like doing the things in life well. And the best way to do things in life well is surrounding yourself with people who are like minded. Mm-hmm. Like, a star athlete cannot, it's going to be hard for him to be a star athlete and succeed if he's just hanging around lazy oh, yeah. slobs, like people who like don't work out at all. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard. So, to surround yourselves, with people who are like-minded, yeah. who want to work together, and like you said, who are Christians, who have that same mission, saying like, this isn't about us, this is mm-hmm. about this. And mm-hmm. I was talking to our pastor, and um, we were talking about our neighborhood, and because mm-hmm. we live in the same neighborhood, and it's like all these like HOA people, yeah. and they put on parties all the time, like 4th of July parties, dude, they're like blowing fireworks up. <laughs> There's like, they woke me up one morning because they had like, bunch of fire trucks rolling through at like a 9 a.m. parade like it's just <laughs> ridiculous but they have so much fun and the pastor and me were like yeah like, we just don't care it's <laughs> like they're like so passionate about it and for me it was just it was just like I'm glad they're passionate about it mm-hmm. I'm just not mm-hmm. I'm glad there's teachers in schools who are passionate about teaching their kids science and teaching them mm-hmm. math I'm just not the only thing I'm really passionate about is talking about Jesus yeah and the way I like to talk about Jesus is like this mm-hmm is posting on social media and doing content. And I love being on stages and yelling at kids. And, you know, <laughs> I just love make, 
trying to talk to our culture in their way. Yeah. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the ways of the yeah. world. So I don't want to become culture, mm-hmm. but I want to use what culture uses, mm-hmm. the same format that culture uses, the yeah. same, I dress like, I look good, you know, imagine. <laughs> but I try to just like do the things that I want to do, do the things that culture does. Yeah. But not for culture. Right. For Jesus. Yeah. And when culture sees it and they're like, oh, what? What's this guy talking about? They're like, mm-hmm. wait, he's talking about Jesus? Like, he kind of, he's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Like, this guy's kind of nice. Yeah. But I'm talking about Jesus. So it's like, it's an easy in. Yeah. And I think we don't want to become like the people next to us, but if we can be relatable. Yeah. Same thing with missions and same things with trying to relate to the people in different countries. It's going to be hard to, re- like, get any message across if you can't relate to them. Yeah. I think sometimes, too, as Christians, we get stuck in our bubbles in our communities, right? And we miss out on what non-believers have to offer. Mm. So I'm in this major, right, that's primarily built of non-believers. I spend a solid majority of my time around people who don't believe what I do. But they have skills and talents and just opportunities, too, that I don't have. Mm Mm-hmm. So I don't want to become like them in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but if I spend time around them, not only do I have a chance to hopefully rub off on them mm-hmm. a little bit, yeah. but I can learn from them in so many ways, particularly when we're talking about media or just anything artistic, right? If we're like, they're made in the image of God and they are capable of creation in the same way that I am, but in a different way because we're all unique. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't I spend time around them and expand my social circle to include non-believers so that I can value them and gain insight in uh, in a wider range than just, you know, the Christian bubble yeah. or my church. Those that Christian bubble, those those people like my girls, the group of girls that love me and pour into me, I'm always going to want them to be Christians. Mm-hmm. I always want my closest ring, the people who are speaking life into me to be people I trust yeah. to, to speak truth. Yeah. But those outer rings, if we just watch them, you know, grow concentrically, they should have a larger and larger, larger percentage of non-believers. Mm-hmm. And that's something I've been really passionate about recently, especially having grown up in Bryan College Station, which is like one of the most bubbly Christian bubbles to have ever bubbled. <laughs> to ever bubbled. <laughs> yeah. But there's so many people who are missing out on learning and experiencing and opportunities and just the like beauty of mm-hmm. like the diversity of what the Lord has created and his people. Yeah. And if I don't actively seek them out and seek learning from them, I'm really missing out. And and two as Christians, like if we learn from then them and spend time with them, then we're better able to communicate to them, right? Mm. So you can take Maybe like Johnny over here is really good at speaking or communicating and he's an influencer on some platform and he's obviously doing really well for himself, but he's not Mm -hmm. a believer. Well, maybe I'm friends with Johnny and we're both passionate about influencing and using social media. And I learn a lot about what Johnny's doing to reach people. And then I take that and I use it for the sake of the gospel. Mm -hmm. There's there's this book I love. It's called Steal Like an Artist. Mm. And it's all about how as an artist, one of the main things you do is just steal from other people. <laughs> and you're going to you're gonna take things, you're going to copy them, you're going to learn what that person did and how they did it, and then you're going to turn it into your own thing. Yeah. But I think we can do that more than just in, you know, traditional physical art. Yeah. We can steal like an artist and learn from people and do it outside of our normal circles. Yeah. And I think that's going to make us more effective in reaching those people. Yeah. I heard it like this. Um... They were talking about music, but I think you can you can really apply it to all things in the world. And it really goes back to how we can work together with non-believers. Yeah. I mean, as long as they're not, like, tearing us down. Yeah. Right? Like, if, if it's, like, putting a toll in your body, then you can yeah. dip. But all Christian things, all Christian songs and Christian movies mm-hmm. aren't good. All secular things yeah. aren't bad. Yeah. I was listening to Riptide on the way over here. Mm-hmm. Not a Christian song. No, but it slaps. It slaps. <laughs> dude, 
little ukulele action, dude. Oh, it's so like, good. That's not a that, that's not a Christian song. No, but it's good. But it's not a like it's fine. Yeah. Right. And it's like, but there's some Christian stuff mm-hmm. that's like not great. Oh yeah. And it's like work together. Yeah. Like, one, it's a good way to tell them about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if they're smarter than you and they're just, like, better than you in different areas, mm-hmm. like, why not learn? Mm-hmm. If it's not hurting, if y'all are just talking about business, mm-hmm. like, that's all you're talking about. You're talking about your art. You're talking about your craft. Learn from each other. Yeah. Build it. And then through that, use your voice, use your actions to show them the love of Christ. Yeah. And if it goes anywhere, cool. If it doesn't, you do what you're supposed to do. Yeah. But don't be afraid... Don't be afraid to work with the world a little bit. Yeah. Because we're I not going to run away from the world. I know there were people who worked on Prince of Egypt and Joseph King of Dreams that were mm. not Christians. Like, just to create something like a film at that scale mm-hmm. was some of DreamWorks. For, have you seen them? Yes. Okay, yeah. Some of DreamWorks' first films. And they're about, you know, Bible stories, which is yeah awesome. Um, And they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. But, like, to create a film that big, you're not. it's not going to be all Christians. It's just not. That's like as from the production side of things, it's not possible. Yeah. You're not gonna be able to pull in the talents that you need in all of those areas and them all actually believe in what they're working on. Yeah. Some people just dare to get the bag. Like Yeah. They're trying to get they some money. just want their money, but hey, they made something beautiful and they, they didn't did. even know that they were impacting the world for the gospel. Mm-hmm. So there's just like you can if I were ever to actually get to create that project I wanna do, right, that like shares the gospel without using language. Yeah. I'm pulling people who aren't Christians. Yeah. Because some of my best friends even are incredible artists, and I want them to work on that project, and I really don't think they're going to care, honestly. Yeah. A lot of them don't. I mean, a lot of the people I've met in the industry don't really care which film they're on. They just like the They just craft. like to do it. They, they just, just like, like doing it. it. Yeah. yeah. That, like, people were, like, complaining about The Chosen yeah. because they found out there was, like, some people on the staff who, like – production people Mm -hmm. like not on screen not doing like they were mad because they have like different beliefs like Mm -hmm. there was like some catholics on there there was some non-christians in general they're like well why are you having these people i'm like bro do you think everybody at chick-fil-a is a christian (laughs) like some people just want to get some money like (laughs) like as long as the message that's coming across is good Mm -hmm. then i mean what's the problem you know like we have to be able to like coexist with our people yeah and jesus sat with sinners Oh, yeah. Jesus worked with people who did not believe in him. Yeah. And that's just like, it's the easiest way. And I think it's the only way that Christians can become effective. I yeah. think, um, what were we doing? We were, a tornado came a couple years ago, right during COVID, actually. And they got some of the prisoners to come help. Mm-hmm. And it's weird talking to prisoners because, like, I've never been to prison. Mm-hmm. And it's like, those guys are a lot more, like, rough and, like, manly than I am I'm just like what up guys like what's going on <laughs> um but what I was able to do is I was able to like find one mm-hmm. and kind of be cool with him yep and does he know Jesus no idea yeah but he knows me now okay mm-hmm. so he was able to relay a message to those guys and they listen to him more mm-hmm. so it's like you can almost use people of this world oh yeah to almost magnify you and your message like magnify mm-hmm. what you're trying to get across mm-hmm. and they won't even know it yeah. It's like taking advantage of them. Like not taking yeah. advantage of them, but like use what you have. Use God's people. Yeah. If I'm we like to every year like right before Christmas when it's cold, we go to downtown Houston mm-hmm. and we give blankets to like homeless people. Mm-hmm. And dude, there's so many times I'm walking and I find one guy where he's just like I'm just like kind of vibing with him and I'm like, "All right, you're walking with me for the rest of the time." Like yeah. we're going to help talk to these people. We were in Africa and we were in a market and these people are like pulling at you. Come this way, this way, this way. Yeah. Come get my stuff. And there was one guy. I was like, "Look, I will come to your shop, and I will buy whatever you want me to buy. But do not be crazy with me." He's mm-hmm. like, "Okay." And not only was he was he not crazy with me, but he walked next to me the whole time. So people would be yelling That's at me. He'd be like, "No, <laughs> he's with me." And the whole time, dude, everybody around me, oh, like the pastors, the the wives and stuff, they were all like getting pulled and like, and I'm just like walking with my You're security guard. I'm like, what's up? Let's go over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it says, use what we have. Yeah. We have people. There's Everybody's going to be smarter than you at something. Like there's always going to be someone smarter. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be someone with more experience. Mm-hmm. Learn. Yeah. And if they're not tearing you down, if they're not doing anything bad with you they're just trying to teach you yeah don't be afraid to reach out of the christian bubble for help 
And by doing that, you also have an opportunity right. to shed his light in different areas, like the industry that yeah. you're trying to be in. And it's just really cool working together. Right. And if we're thinking about, too, representing Christ, then what kind of representation are we having or making if we never reach out of our Christian bubble? Right? Because they, they see what's going on. They see us. We're not invisible. So if we're in that bubble and we're only pulling from inside the bubble and only using the like skills of the people that are in our church or in our direct community, and they're like, well, you know, I'm gift. I like, I'm good at that. And they don't, they don't want to include me. Mm-hmm. So even if you just include one person, what impact are you having on that one person? That they've, I mean, even if they're not necessarily Christian, you've just planted a seed in them. They're going to remember that one time that that Christian wanted their help. There's also something about the humility of asking for help, mm-hmm. right? Of saying, hey, I'm not good at this and you're better at it. And I, I recognize that. Would you help me? Would you be a part of this team? Yeah. Even if you don't believe in what I believe in. And then the way that that actually represents Christ to that person and then to the community that just witnessed that is really cool as well. And then I think even, like, you talk about the chosen, having people that with, like, different beliefs. Why wouldn't I want to, like, offer someone else a seat at the table? If they're going to spend, like, production takes a long time. If they're going to spend 12 months on a project, don't I want them to spend it with us? Exactly, and hear about dude. Jesus every yeah. day? Why not? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Dude. It's just, that's funny. It's like, they see us. that They know what Christian's oh, yeah. doing, dude. And it's like, we're just playing inside of our bubble. Yeah. And we talk about, like, you're the light of Christ, but all you do is hang out at church. Yeah. It's like, bro, the church is a spotlight, bro. Like, mm-hmm. you don't need to be here. You no. need to go out into the dark. Yeah. And if you can bring some people who are in the dark into the light where oh, yeah. everybody's lit up, it's like, oh, yeah, we're mm-hmm. going to jump this guy with the gospel. Like, <laughs> right? Like, it's just like, they know what we're doing. And it almost could hurt if all we're doing is staying with each other. Oh, yeah. It hurts because people know it's like the Pharisees in the Bible, dude. Yeah. They just weren't effective because mm-hmm. they were up on their high horse. Oh, yeah. They were like, no, you can't do this. Like, you must be, like, holy like this. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus came along and was like, <laughs> these guys, right? Like, he went down to the level. Mm-hmm. And he went, sat with sinners, ate with sinners. Oh, yeah. All his disciples were, like, bottom of the barrel, right? Like, mm-hmm. he put himself in an environment. Where Christianity reached out into the world and yeah. says, work with me. Yeah. Let's do life together. And as Christians nowadays, we're just like, no, man, like, you don't believe in God? Nah. Yeah, it's if like, Jesus can't we... work with a tax collector and we think we can't work with someone who doesn't go to our church. Exactly. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, sometimes we don't want to work with people who are different denomination than us. Mm, yeah. It's like, you're Methodist. Mm. No. It's like, <laughs> What? <laughs> It's like, oh my, bro, people are so annoying, bro. Oh, yeah. I feel like every episode I'm like capping on Christians, bro. But it's like, dude, just love people. Yeah. If they believe something different, cool. Mm-hmm. Love them. Mm-hmm. Work with them. Like, the the way that we're going to represent Christ is by what would Jesus do, and that's by loving people. Yeah. And you can't love people if you're not reaching out to people. And that's different, too, than like going into some place, right, and the only thing you say is the gospel over and over and over again. My friends would not be friends with me if that's what I did to them in, mm-hmm. in Vince. Yeah. No, what I I do is I talk to them about animation. I talk to them about loving people and about treating people with kindness. I talk about all these interpersonal communication problems, right? Yep. I do that with a biblical worldview, and then they see that it's effective. Mm-hmm. And then they go, why does that work? Why is she kind of good at project management? Yep. It's because... I have a different lens on my sunglasses than you mm. do. I'm seeing people with a different tent than you are. And so I'm caring about them in a different way. And that's that's sometimes more powerful and more magnetic to non-believers than me just sharing the gospel with them over and over again. Yeah. My actions and what I'm doing and what I'm saying and how I'm leading should be communicating for me more than my actual words are. Yeah. Wow. That's bars. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think that's actually like spot on with like everything I've experienced mm-hmm. because like youth and kids, yeah. like they're they not, can see through stuff so quick. They're not going to hear you talk about the gospel for five minutes. Like no. they don't want to hear anybody for five minutes. They just want to no. play around. Yeah. So 
the reason why we have a indoor basketball court, mm -hmm. the reason why we have spike ball, volleyball, the reason why we ha is because it's something for kids to do. Yeah. They come to church even if they're not believers, mm -hmm. and they can experience us loving them through having fun. Yeah. Like, I'll go to the schools, and they'll know I'm a Christian. They'll know I'm, like, a pastor person. They all think, mm -hmm. like, oh, it's Pastor Duke. I'm like, whatever. Um, but whenever I'm going in, I don't talk about Jesus. Mm -hmm. But I'm not cussing. Mm -hmm. I'm acting different. I'm nice to everybody there. Yeah. And I play basketball with them. And I'm terrible at basketball, but I'm playing. <laughs> but you don't care, and too. And then afterwards, we're all kind of tired, drinking some water, sweaty. Mm -hmm. And we're just kind of chatting about whatever. And then they just, like, they mess up. And they're like, how's work? I'm like, let me tell you about work. Let me, let me tell you. Let me tell you about Jesus. Since you <laughs> asked. <laughs> right? And it's like, you get opportunities just by involving yourself with oh, them. Yeah. But pe but Christians are like, I cannot involve myself with non-believers. It's like, then don't expect to be effective. Yeah. That's it's easy for you to talk about Jesus in a pulpit every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Go out into the world and do it. Yeah. Everybody wants to cross the sea and go do missions. Yeah. But no one wants to cross the street. Yeah. To the homeless shelter. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like you're not gonna be effective unless you're going into the areas where there is need. Yeah. To, and they'll see it, see through it too. Like I, I'm a youth leader at my church, so I've got a group of like 18 girls right now. Mm, it's a little bit what age? It's big for us. They're about to be seniors in high school. Yeah. yeah. I started with them when they were sophomores, so we've seen lots of growth. It's yeah. been great. But if all I did to them was tell them gospel over and over again, or if all we did was talk about the Bible, I mean, there's obviously we do that, right? Yeah. I have Bible study with them. We're reading Ruth. We're reading. Uh, Colossians, all this different stuff, right? Wednesday nights, Bible study. Like, I've talked to them about Jesus. But then I also have two girls that I meet with every Friday morning before they go to school. It's like 6.45 in a Starbucks, right? And they're tired. And we have a list of questions, like, that are accountability questions. And it's more along the lines of, have you said anything mean behind someone's back this week? Mm. Have you... Uh, I mean, there's... Have you been reading the Bible consistently? Have you been praying? There's... Um, have you been holding a grudge recently? There's They each have a list um, of things I ask them weekly. And then also some of that is just talking about, you know, who has a crush on who and and what's going on in the group. And, and one of them works at Chick-fil-A, right? And she's been struggling with her coworker. And I'd say, you know, 60% of the time I spend with my girls is more just talking about their lives and what's going on. And just the gritty, dirty things that are a part of being a human. Mm -hmm. And they're going to learn more from that than, than if I only ever talked about them, about the Bible with them. Yeah. And it's like the same is true with non-believers. If I can talk about the Bible with them, yes, I can mention that I'm a Christian. I can say, oh, because I'm a Christian, blah, blah, blah. But most of the time, especially with what I'm doing in production, it's just giving them advice that's biblically based without them knowing it. Yeah. Like, and, that's really good advice. Where'd you get that? <laughs> Let me read you. You know, the Bible. Like, <laughs> you know, my dad told me once, and, you know, he's a pastor. Oh, who's your dad? Like, he's a pastor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. That's really good. That's something that I think dealing with youth and, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of kids get it. A lot of kids like it. A lot of kids, um, they get saved, and it's great. Mm -hmm. And then there's those few kids that get it, and they're like, oh, I'm about to go give this stuff to, like, kids who yeah. want to go do ministry now. Yeah. And their very first question is like, hey, how do you, like, um, how do you share the gospel? Yeah. It's like, I know we're supposed to. You talk, talk about it every day. Yeah. But, like, how yeah. do you do that? And I'm just like, go to school mm -hmm. and be real. Yeah. And be who you are because God does not bless who you pretend to be. Mm -hmm. He blesses who he made you to be. Mm -hmm. So if you're this goofy, rowdy kid who jokes a lot and does, be who you are. Mm -hmm. But... Do not be of this world. Mm -hmm. You gotta clean up the language. Like yep. kid, kids, like yeah, kid, kids, that's will, a stickler. kids will come up and they're like, "Can I say this, Mike?" No. <laughs> and they're like, "All right," but it's that want, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, "Hey, go into this world." Basically, yeah. it's go into this world, but do not be of it. Yeah. And love your neighbor. Be a part of that basketball team where everybody's cussing and fighting yeah. in the locker room. That's your spot yeah. right there. It's like, I had that exact conversation with one of my girls. She's on the softball team. Mm. It's a pretty dark place at her school. And she was like, well, I want to, like, talk to people of Jesus. I was like, girl, go talk to your team. Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> girl, um, it's like, girl, don't. All these kids, they're mm -hmm. like, I just don't know who to talk to. I'm like, 
You go to school with 2,000 people. Yeah. I promise yep. the person next to you, mm-hmm. it, right? And really, if, if kids are praying and kids are seeking it, the Holy Spirit will highlight it oh, to yeah. you. And we talked about a couple months ago, it's like if little Jesus is in your class mm-hmm. and you know he's not a Christian and, like, you kind of feel that burden, mm-hmm. like, he's there for you. Like, mm-hmm. that's the person you're supposed to talk to. And Christians are like, no, nah, I'll, just, I'll, I'll just wait. You know, somebody will talk to him down the path. Yeah. Dude, you're the person down the path to talk to yeah. him. If you don't talk to him, who knows what's going to happen, right? Like, yeah. you're going to be put in areas for your light to shine. Mm-hmm. And people are like, I'm just waiting for my area. I'm just waiting to get mm-hmm. to somewhere. It's like, bro, where, you have all you need. Yeah. You're in the area that you need to be in. Kids get intimidated too, or I get I get intimidated because oh, we think I got to start with like the hey, do you know about Jesus? Exactly. It's like no, you, just say like hey, how's your day going? Dude, just hang What's out. What's going people. on? Just hang out, people. Yeah. Like I've start had start a relationship. It's gonna be more effective anyways. I've had people who don't know I'm a Christian. Like in the gym, I've been trying to build a lot of relationships there. Yeah. And um, some of like the workers there, they know I'm a Christian. I work at the church, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But some of them don't. Mm-hmm. And some of them like ask me. They're like, because. Some of our youth go in there, and some of the kids go in there, and we just all hang out and clown mm-hmm. around. And um, they're like, why are you, like, so good? I was like, what do you mean, right? He's like, it's just like there's always good, clean fun mm-hmm. coming from that side of the gym with y'all. Yeah. I was like, because I really don't need anything, like, crazy to have a good time. He's like, oh, okay. And then the next day we were talking a little bit, and he realized I worked at a church. He's like, mm. that's why, huh? Mm. I was like, it could be. <laughs> He's like, all right. But it's like he could see it without me even having to say yeah. it. And then him seeing it made him curious. And he's like, what's going on over there, man? Right? Yeah. And that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Act in a way where people can't help but notice. Yeah. And then when they notice, then they'll see Jesus. Yeah. And they're like, Which is the, like the kind of model the Lord has been setting up throughout the entire story of our history, right? The Israelites were people set apart from God, set apart from everyone else for God because they acted in a certain way. They followed certain rules so that they would look different and glorify the Lord in a different way. Mm-hmm. And we're not, you know, we're not following Old Testament law anymore, but we're still asked to do certain things, be certain ways, not because the Lord loves rules, mm-hmm. but because he cares about us and because he cares about the unreached. And if I can sacrifice cursing or gossiping or any of these things that, you know, might be like really satisfying so that someone else looks at me and asks that question of like, Hey, why are you that way? Then mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm going to try and do that. So I'm not yep. going to lie. It's hard. Yep. It's hard to remember. And sometimes you just don't want to, sometimes you feel lazy, but, yep. but why wouldn't I try? It takes that sacrifice. Yeah. You were born in this world. You were born in sin, therefore mm-hmm. you're going to sin. You're born to be a sinner. But once you find Christ, yeah. you're born again. Yep. And you're born not of sin, mm-hmm. but of grace and mercy and perfection. Yep. So therefore, you're a new creation to do different things. Mm-hmm. Jesus died for you on a cross. Mm-hmm. So now that you're a Christian, it's time for you to die for him. Yeah. He died on a cross, it's time for you to carry a cross. Oh, yeah. Now that you're a believer, now that you're a Christian man or woman of God, mm-hmm. you are not of these old ways, mm-hmm. these old shameful things you did, this old clown way of doing life. Yeah. Now you're told, hey, I sacrificed me for you. Mm-hmm. It's time for you to sacrifice yourself for me. Yeah. Everything, all your desires, because sin comes from the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. All your desires, all the wants of this world, yeah. the things you want to say, the people you want to hang out with, you have to sacrifice that for me. Yeah. And that is what a true disciple of Christ looks like. Yeah. Because he did it for us, which means we have to do it for him. Mm-hmm. And it might feel hard to, right? It takes discipline. Bro, it's it always so easy to practice. say it. I tell him all the time, like, Duke, you always say it, but it's so hard. I'm like, oh, I know it's I hard. Know. Like, It's hard. <laughs> we struggle. <laughs> yeah. But then at the same time, right, the Bible tells us, like, he's going to take our burden, we're going to take his, and that his yoke is light. Yeah. So it's he's a good father. He gives good gifts. He's not going to hand you a rock or a snake. He wants to give you bread. Is that, mm-hmm. you know, the story that Jesus tells? Yep. So he's asking us to do these things, right? Because it's going to be effective for the kingdom. It's going to help people come to know him. But also because they're the earthly consequences for those things. Like, okay, like he doesn't want me to gossip, right? So if I don't gossip, I'm probably going to get along with people better because no one's going to be coming at me and saying, why'd you say that? 
Why'd you say that? I heard from so-and-so, from so-and-so, from so-and-so that you were talking about me. Right, and that's going to lead into conflict and relational disputes and all of that. So if I just don't gossip, I'm not going to get into that. If I don't curse, I'm not going to offend someone or hurt their feelings. If I don't lie, I'm not going to experience whatever comes with that, you know? So it's he's setting these things up for us because he cares about us because the end result of that is going to be better for us anyways. Mm -hmm. So yes, it's hard in practice, but it's still a light burden to carry because he is leading us down the best path he possibly could because he cares for us. Yes. Yeah. Which we forget a lot. We forget. Mm -hmm. The yoke in the Bible, it's not egg yolk. Yeah. The yoke in a Bible is they would put two animals, usually like mules, or mm-hmm. they put like oxen. Yeah, oxen. Something like that. Yeah. And they'd put it in a yoke, which is like almost like a head clamp for these two animals yep. so that they can work together mm-hmm. and do the job they need to do. It mm-hmm. makes them stronger. Yeah. And when, whenever we're yoked up with Christ, mm-hmm. my yoke is light. It's because he's carrying he's the whole carrying thing. He's carrying all of and it. And you're just like walking <laughs> next to him. I'm just hanging out. Yeah. It's like your life is. Our life is hard, and our life has trials yeah. and different things, and it really is tough. Yeah. But it could be so much worse. Yeah. But it's not because mm-hmm. Jesus is carrying all the weight still. Yeah. And sometimes life feels unbearable. Sometimes mm-hmm. life feels like it's crazy and everything's falling mm-hmm. apart. But it could be way yeah. worse if it wasn't for Jesus. Yeah. I've been thinking through my own testimony, right? Like, I experienced my family as a whole, lots of grief, grief lots of loss. And then in my life, that's resulted in a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. So is life easy? No. Mm-mm. No, not at all. I wouldn't call it that. But if I had gone through those things without knowing Christ, I would be a different person in a different place. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, if I lost someone to death and I didn't know that I had the promise of eternity and seeing them again, and I didn't know that I also have a God who understands deeply what it is to grieve and who sits with me, cares about me and grieves with me, Mm -hmm. then the way that I experience grief and loss and anxiety would be completely different. It would be lonely and it would be awful. So it's not just the, the lightening of our burden by like helping us not to experience Mm -hmm. things. It's that even when we do experience brokenness, Jesus lived a life here on earth, fully human, fully God. He knew loss. He knew stomach aches. He knew all of it. Yep. We there's no other religion on this world that has the main character who understands intimately what it is like to suffer because of brokenness. Mm-hmm. My God is good and my burden is light, not because he saves me or pardons me from everything, from every consequence of sin and brokenness, but because he knows what it's like. He chose to take on knowing what it's like. Mm-hmm. And then he relates to me in it and comforts me in it. It's crazy. It's Wild. revolutionary. Wild, dude. I say um, Christianity is the only religion built on love. Yeah. And like you're saying, it's also the only religion that's built on the main character of the religion, mm-hmm. knowing exactly how you feel. Yeah. It's not just some guy saying, bow down. Yeah. Some dude saying, read my book, do these things, mm-hmm. like Joseph Smith, like whatever. <laughs> it's Jesus saying, I know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. I know exactly how you're going to feel whenever you're down and out. Mm-hmm. I know exactly how people are going to treat you because they treated me like that first. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just need you to seek after me and let me take control. Mm-hmm. And I, I got you. Yeah. And like you were saying, it's like the yoke is not only to keep us away from such burdens, but it's really to help us through the burdens. Yeah. And I actually like that more than what I said because mm-hmm. you're smarter than me. But, we're going to face these burdens and it's Jesus saying like, because you know me, if you look after me and you look to me, mm-hmm. you will see that like what I say about you is way greater than what they say about you. Yeah. What I have for you is way greater than what they have for you. Once we just focus on Jesus through everything, whenever we're working with people who don't think like us, whenever we're in this world with people who aren't with us, once we seek after Jesus, everything just feels more at ease, yeah. more at peace because he's the Prince of Peace. Yeah. And that's all he wants for us. Yeah. But we try to seek 
the world and we're trying to say, I just need to find peace. I just mm-hmm. need to find something. I need to feel better. I need to feel better. And God's like, look at me. Mm-hmm. And once we realize that, we're like, man, this is like real. Mm-hmm. Why not go back into the world and help those people see what you see? Yeah. Have you seen the, um, what is it? It's like the three circles. Yes. The, what is it called? The three circles. Well, there's the, the yeah. to share the gospel. Yeah. yeah. And then you, the arrow that says go exactly. back into it. Yeah, it's, that's my favorite. It's like, it's like God's love. And it's like sin. Or yeah, it's like, you, start, so you start with brokenness. You start with brokenness. And then you talk about the different ways you can try to get out of brokenness. Yeah. And then you talk about uh, that it wasn't God's perfect plan, right? Yeah. That That's what we were meant to experience with God's perfect plan. Yeah. And then we can't get there anymore because sin because has sin. broken and like mm-hmm. created that gap between us. But then Jesus stands in the middle that he came down to earth, yeah. died on a cross, rose three days later. And if we have faith in him, grow in relationship with him, we can experience God's perfect design mm-hmm. again. And that gap of so brokenness is just removed forever for us. And then but then we go this, back. You go back. Yeah, and a new arrow is drawn. Exactly. We go back into the brokenness. My favorite thing about that, um, I learned how to use that gospel model mm-hmm. when I went to England as a junior in high school with my youth group, actually. Mm. It went cool too, is full circle moment. My youth kids just went to England last week. Wow. Yeah, my youth girls just went on the same trip that I did when I was a student in the same ministry. It's really cool. Um, but I learned how to use that, and the woman that I learned from was just really, really effective at using that model. And one of the things she taught me as you like learn how to like go through all of it was when you finish it, you draw a little stick figure right in the brokenness circle and a little stick figure in the God's perfect plan circle. And you ask a question because when you're presenting the gospel right, ending with a question is the most effective way to do it. You want to continue a conversation. It's not just here's my presentation PowerPoint with like mm-hmm. 50 slides, but hey, we're actually talking about something here. So you draw those little stick figures. You say, which of these two people do you want to be and which do you think you are right now? And in England and then even just in the conversations I've had with people just in my backyard, like we were talking about, that's always the best part because mm-hmm. they're like, man, I think I'm the one in the brokenness, but I don't want to be. <laughs> yep. And even if they're not a believer, they don't really have interest in being a Christian, they can look at that story and identify themselves and identify what they want. It's crazy. Yeah. But I, I kind of interrupted you. I don't no. know where you're going with that, but Dude, I love that gospel model. Yeah. It's like, it's just what we're supposed to do. Yeah. And going back full circle moment of this conversation, mm-hmm. you're a Christian. Yeah. You're different. Good. Mm-hmm. Go back. Yeah. Go back to where you came from mm-hmm. and help your people out. Yeah. Because God gave you grace and mercy you got to give yeah. grace and mercy and mm-hmm. you ain't gonna like it because they probably did you wrong or they did whatever, but you did God dirty too. Mm-hmm. And it's time to go show that same energy. Yeah. Like that same mercy and grace and love and affection. What did Jesus do? Read about it. Yeah. He died Re- on a cross. You can die to yourself. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know why I like a whisper. Yep. 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 <laughs> Oh my gosh. Wow. The art of ministry, Mm -hmm. working together to create things that magnify Christ. Yeah. Working together in our own lives so that our own lives will magnify Christ. Mm -hmm. Living a life that is worthy of the gospel, going back into the world to help people see the things that Mm -hmm. you have so that they can experience it. Wow. Yeah. The Lord's writing a story across generations. We know we use that example all the time of like, oh, he's weaving a tapestry and you're just one thread. and You can't see the whole picture. But actually, if we believe that God is a creator who creates beautiful things, if he creates, you know, mountains, like the beautiful vistas and the national parts that we think about. And he's also a God who writes beautiful stories mm-hmm. across humanity's history then why wouldn't he still be writing that story now and why wouldn't i be a part of it 
So, and, and down to the minute level of what he's doing in local churches, what he's doing in local youth ministries of, of it's not just what he's physically creating that's beautiful, but mm-hmm. what he's doing emotionally with his people and the way that he's drawing them all together, all concentrically to this point in eternity where Jesus sits on the throne. Mm-hmm. That's gorgeous. And that's pretty in a way that mountains can't ever be. Yeah. Seeing it all come together, mm-hmm. it all works out. Like every like Romans eight thirty eight, like everything's gonna come together. Everything will work together for good. Everything, mm-hmm. and it's like everything you're doing is important. Yep. Where you are, it's important. Who you're around, is important. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like a big deal. Like you maybe having to serve at this random little mm-hmm. VBS in this little town, it yeah. matters. Yeah, like just because it seems like you're a pinky toe and someone else is like mm-hmm. the heart, like. Everything matters. Yeah. If I don't believe God can do something massive with some tiny act, then I don't have an accurate understanding of the power of the Lord. Yep. Hmm. This has been great. It's been fun. This has been like one of my favorite episodes ever, I think. Hey. This has been awesome. Take that, Cole. That's right, Cole. Yeah, get over <laughs> it. Um, I don't know. I think he's locked out, actually. All these doors locked from the other side, mm-hmm. and you need a key, so I think he's locked out. Poor Cole. Poor Anyways. Cole. Thank you so much. Of course. For being on. Yeah, it was fun. My um, first podcast. Represent podcast. You represent know. podcast. Represent podcast every Tuesday, except for this episode. This episode is going to come out Wednesday because I'm lazy. Um, <laughs> here to represent Christ in our modern and always changing world. Um, just working together. Mm-hmm. The art of ministry. Oh, yeah. That's a title. What's oh, it? yeah. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. Um, we love y'all. Thank you so much. Of course. You're awesome. Brilliant. Um, I guess we'll see y'all next time. I don't know what else to say. I'm, I'm, I have to process everything just now, bro. <laughs> While I'm editing this, I'm going to be taking notes. I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that was good. Um, represent podcast. Live a life. Live a Christian life that is worthy of the gospel, but you're not too high and mighty to reach down and help people in the world. That's a good word. Learn to work together. Benefit from each other. Mm-hmm. We're all in this together. Oh, yeah. We're all in this together. Represent Podcast, we love you. Peace. See you next week. See you next week.